Here we are again for another Press On podcast, and I encourage you to, uh, if you can, uh, where you're at, uh, open your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah. We began last week by talking about uh, that our, our, our title is Truth, Tragedy, and Triumphs, but we spoke last week about Jeremiah, him beginning his ministry, and the weight of uh, his calling upon him, and how he was uh, a, a man of undeniable courage. I like that phrase, and uh, it's something that I want more than a phrase. I want to be a reality in my life and in your life, that we have undeniable courage to proclaim Christ in our generation. And we looked at several different things last week regarding uh, uh, the book of Jeremiah, and we, we, we touched then on the topic of truth and how God knows us, and and that when He speaks, His word is absolute truth, and uh, that uh, we find that truth is uh, the basis of many things, uh, a love and our freedom. And I encourage you, if you have a moment, to go back and look at that uh, and listen to that podcast. But today, I want us to turn to um, uh, the middle topic, which is tragedy. Listen, there's no way ever you can read the book of Jeremiah and not come away with the reality that the nation of God, the nation of Israel and Judah at that time, faced tremendous challenges. But my friends, they had times of absolute tragedy. And uh, I know that this is a topic that many of us would like to run from. In fact, many of us that, that speak on these topics that are Bible teachers or pastors. I know that many of us, we'd almost kind of rather bypass these, but but in truth to God and also being uh, called to speak the whole counsel of God, we have to touch on these. And so let's set the stage. Jeremiah was young, 20 years old, when God called him with a prophetic calling. He entered into that like many of us in our youth, not really knowing what the years ahead would hold. All he knew is that he had a relationship with God. He would walk with him. He had surrendered his life. He was saying, not my will, but your will be done. He is going to serve and, and go forward. And the role of a prophet today is a lot different, I think, at least from what I can tell. I, I know there are true prophets, but a lot of the prophets I see today are lights, camera, action. Uh, they have jokes. Uh, they can... Uh, prophesy and things don't come to pass, uh, not even um, uh, uh, the percentages of their uh, prophecies don't come to pass, and they just make light of it and move on. This is not the prophet of Jeremiah. Jeremiah had a soberness. He had a reality to him because God's truth weighed so heavily upon him. And, And this is the reality of where we're at today. Jeremiah had to bear under the weight that God's truth was setting the nation on a course of choosing God or rejecting God. And unfortunately, as we see Jeremiah's story unfold, truths were turned to tragedy. In Jeremiah chapter 2, he writes, and you know, when God speaks something to people, and and by speaking, again, I say not always uh, audibly, uh, largely in this book, and then sometimes we have that inward uh, sensing. Uh, we, we, we say God is speaking, God is leading. It's an inward uh, testifying, a sensing of, a, uh, of God saying and doing something. And, and that, those, those inner 
uh, sensings. And if you by chance hear the audible voice of God, I can assure you it will never go against what is already written. Uh, but he writes in Jeremiah chapter 2, 13, God says, for my people have committed two evils. Now, I find it, uh, I find it surprising, but I find it also easier to accept. God looked at the whole of society then, and he, 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 he narrows it all down. He boils down all of society down to two evils. They have forsaken me the fountain of living waters, number one, and they have hewn or cut or made themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. How, how much we need to hear this today. There are so many voices with social media and the internet. Uh, we've got global news 24-7. It's, it's at our, literally at our fingertips. You can be overwhelmed by looking at all the facts and all the features of our society and try to wonder what is going on. God narrows it down for Jeremiah, my friends. He is narrowing it down for us today. God is saying to us today, there's two evils in this world. We have forsaken God, and we have made ourselves God in, in place of him. We have hewn for ourselves cisterns. See, he said he's the living water. Living water, you know, water in, in a natural spring continues to flow and bubble up. It's, it's fresh every moment, and it flows, and it brings life downstream. A cistern is a, is a man-made receptacle of some kind or other to hold water. And water held, like in a reservoir or in these cisterns, it, it, it has to be covered in some way to, to keep contaminants out, and uh, it can become stagnated. This is the, the image uh, that God gives to Jeremiah. Two, two evils. And, and this is the heart uh, break of this tra- tragedy that we can read in the book of Jeremiah. God speaks to Jeremiah, and he comes out speaking to the people, saying, God is righteous, and God is holy, God is true, and God has a plan, and he's calling you in love to submit to him, to yield to him, to, to lay down your own thoughts and opinions, to lay down your self-will, to lay down what you think is right and just, and surrender to him and let him be God, and let's as a nation be his people, and let's live according to his statutes, let's honor his commandments, let's keep to his testimonies, let's let our witness uh, bear witness of him uh, in accordance to his word. And that was a continual cry. Oh, how we need that today. My friend, listen, if you're in a church that is more entertainment, if you're in a church that is only motivational, I'm going to say it this way. If you're in a church that is believer-centered, believer-centered, everything is about you. Want to make sure you feel good, look good, sound good, smell good, that you've got it easy. We're going to try to make it easier for you. Uh, you there's no cost to Christianity. Uh, you, you just live your life and you'll be a witness. No need to go out and intentionally uh, uh, engage people. Uh, you don't have to become a Bible thumper. You don't have to be a holy roller. You don't have to be a church goer. Oh, how we thank Corona because now you can stay at home. 
home and just in your pajamas and listen to God all day long from a million different channels. My friend, if you're in a church like that, I say to you in Jesus' name, get up and get out. Find you a church where a pastor and a people are hungry for God, who are humble before God, who cling to this word, who preach everything from Genesis to Revelation. That's the kind of weight that was upon Jeremiah, and that's what he was calling the nation to. It's what I am calling you to. It's what others, Pastor Gary in our church, he calls us to this. And, and in World Challenge, we're doing our best to bring the, the message of Christ to people uh, urgently, intentionally, and we're not shirking not, not one bit from preaching things. I'm saying to you today that Jeremiah was saying to the people, listen, go with God or you'll go without God. And the people continually moved to the position of rejection of God. How tragic. How tragic. In their own, in their own evaluations— in their own self-evaluations and their societal evaluations, God was an obstacle. God was obsolete. God had become irrelevant because we had new ways, and, and we've got a million things that can take his place. No, my friends, we're not coming out here and carving little idols and uh, making wooden images. No, we're too sophisticated for that. But we've got a million idols in our heart uh, that reject God and, and are a sign of our rejection of God. We have said to him, if, even if we give him any part, our society has essentially said from God, you're dead. You don't matter. Uh, you're irrelevant. And we have other things and other ways. We know what's best. And we create a man-centered uh, theology, a man-centered gospel. It's all about the man, the man, the people get what they want. And it's, it's coming to the church. It's contaminated the church. And pastors, as, as I said on a previous podcast, as it goes with the pastor, so it goes with the church. And as it goes with the church, so goes society. Everything that we see in society that is wicked and evil in rejection of God, my friend, comes back to lay the blame at the doorstep of the church, and even more so, the pulpit, because people don't want to preach this way. The Bible, it makes a clear line of delineation between what is sin and what is righteousness, between what is God and what is not God. And we may think we've blurred the lines, but we haven't. We've only blurred our own vision. The people rejected God. They said, in essence, man is God. And this is exactly, you know, that's why people ask me, what do you think about uh, the mandates? What do you think about the coronavirus? What do you think? And I say to them, listen, it's if it's not God, then it's Antichrist. And anything that doesn't move you closer to Christ is moving you farther away. And it can be so small increments that you could be deceived and not even know it. That's why we have to pursue God with our whole heart. Jeremiah longed for those people. He cried for the people. He walked out among the people and sackcloth and ashes, and he was despised. He was looked upon as, a, as a, 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 an ogre, that he was a pitiful sight to the society. Uh, and, and today we feel the same way. Men that stand up, they're immediately lambasted. They're ridiculed. They're, they're lied at, at, and they're oppressed. 
and uh, people that try to serve God with intentionality, with obedient hearts to this, to walk in God's commands, are always called outdated. Uh, uh, or now we're even called terrorists. We're called, uh, uh, we're the scum of the society. And this is not new. And I just want to say it boils down again. You either walk with God or you reject God. And this is the simple simplicity of our generation, simplicity of what's happening right now. It's happening in every country, not just our own here in America. Jeremiah continues to write in chapter 2, verse 17 and 19, God says this to this society. Would you listen, please? I mean, really listen. to This is God speaking to the, to the people there under Jeremiah's uh, watch, And yet it's so fitting for us today. Have you not brought this on yourself in that you have forsaken the Lord God, the Lord your God? Your own wickedness will correct you, and your backslidings will rebuke you. Know, therefore, and see that it is an evil and bitter thing that you have forsaken the Lord your God. And the fear of me is not in you, says the Lord God of hosts. Oh, my my friends, if that does not weigh upon you, oh, today we live in a world that's filled with the blame game. So much irresponsibility, so much throwing off accountability, so much people pointing the finger elsewhere. God says it squarely. It is our sin. It is our forsaking him that has brought uh, this judgment upon us. Jeremiah had said to the people, you don't have to have uh, judgment, but if you reject and continue to reject God, then it's coming, and you'll not escape it. And God says, I'm going to be, even in his love, remember I spoke last week about his love. His love is a true love, and that true love says that it's going to correct us. You remember in the New Testament, Any father, even in the natural, if you truly love your son, your children, you'll correct them. You'll chastise them. You will apply a pressure to them to to seek to correct their, their lives and move them in a proper way. God is saying, I'm going to let your own wickedness, your own backsliding, I'm willing to bear your rejection of me for a while, and I'm going to allow the repercussions of your own sin to come down upon your head. I'm going to allow your own sin and to, to unveil its consequences in your life, and it's going to bring a pressure and a pain and a sorrow and a grief to you. I'm going to allow that to happen. Why? So that it may correct you, that it may help you come to your senses, stop your foolishness, stop the waywardness, call sin, sin, reject it, turn away from it, And he says that it'll rebuke you. Listen, God right now is for America and the American church. I've heard a lot of things like you, but I'm telling you from this book, we are on the brink of, of of a great judgment. We are even being judged now, and the judgment of God is like a correction. The first stage of his judgment is a correction because he loves us. He's, he's, he's not trying to make it hard. He's not an evil, wicked God, as many would say. He's, he's trying to turn our hearts to him and let the, the weariness of our own flesh and, and the pain and the sorrow of our own wicked ways 
uh, to turn. The Holy Spirit's ministry is to convict us of sin. He convicts because he wants to convince you. You think this is right. It's not. And those consequences are enough to shake the cobwebs out of our brain, break our hearts, and bring us back to God. And he says, this is it. You'll know that it's evil and bitter that you've forsaken me. Individual and national sin brings individual and natural, uh, uh, national judgment. There's no escaping it. I don't care how you want to turn it. I don't care how many uh, sweet lines of poetry a pastor, a preacher, a so-called prophet can say to you. You cannot change the words of this book. And anybody with Bible sense, a discerning spirit, should be able to look upon our generation today. Look upon the U.S. society today. I could say, go to look at Pew Research. Go look at the different Gallup polls and so forth. You will see that Christianity, as we once knew it, is not only decreasing and declining, it's being utterly changed. And we have lost sight of God. We have no longer walking with fear before the Lord. He says, there's no fear of me before you. It's not in you. But the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Let, let the weight of your sin right now, you're running from it. You're trying to, to manage it. You're trying to color over it. Listen, there is a part of you, that, that divine conscience that's within you, that is pricked every time you do something that is not godly. You know it, and I know it. Now, you can defile that conscience— you can, you can cast it off, and the Bible says eventually your conscience is going to be fireproof. It'll be seared over. And you will, you, you will begin to give wholesale over to sin because it'll no longer be sin. You've rationalized it, you've recategorized it, and you've determined that it's not sin. But, my friends, God does not change. Sin to him then is sin to him today, and it'll be sin to tomorrow. And he's saying that these sins bring judgment. Jeremiah continues on in chapter 2, verse 30 through 32. God says, in vain, oh, please listen to this, in vain I have chastened your children. They've received no correction. Why do my people say, we are lords, we have dominion, we will come no more to you? My people have forgotten me days without number. This is not the ungodly he's speaking to, he's speaking to the church. He's speaking to those people that were declared to be the people of God. And he says, I tried to correct you, and you wouldn't receive my correction. I allowed your own sins to weigh down upon your own head, and you suffered under it, and yet you would not be corrected. In vain. Oh, you know, with God, all things are possible. And yet he says here, in vain I've chastened your children, but they've received no correction. We, we are at a time when this rejection of God has so covered hearts and minds that even many in the church know, they don't want to hear any message on sin. That's negative. We're only going to stay positive. How can you stay positive in this kind of nonsense that's happening in our world? We've got to call it like it is. God then, if we're not corrected, God judges in order to bring a destruction. Yeah, not discipline, no longer a correction to save, but a destruction. Read with me here, chapter 2, verse 35. Yet you say, because I'm innocent, surely God's anger will turn away from me. 
And yet God says, Behold, I plead my case against you, because you say I have not sinned. Rejection of God, coupled with no personal or national repentance, only leaves one option, and that is the angry judgment of God for destruction. This is the tragedy. Jeremiah could see it. He could feel it. And yet he he would cry out to the nation. They wouldn't hear him. They wouldn't be corrected. They wouldn't yield. They were right. He was wrong. God was wrong. And this is where we are today. I don't know what you feel in your spirit. In my spirit, I am grieved. In my spirit, I feel a, a weight, a, a burden. I feel a, I feel a measure like of shame and guilt for my nation, for this world. Truth that has been turned to tragedy. I know it's difficult for me to leave you at this place, but I'm going to trust that God's Word, as hard as it may be, and, and your first reaction is going to want to reject it, I know, because we don't like these things. And, but we've got to hear. And I know I leave you at a point of vulnerability, but I also believe I've, I, I've brought you through His Word today to a place where you must consider this. Are you walking in relationship with God or in rejection of God? Would you dwell on that? Would you pray about that? And my friends, I pray that you'll hear what the Word of the Lord is. And we'll pick this up on the next broadcast, and we'll bring this podcast to a conclusion. So until then, God bless you. Thank you.